Friends, fiends, rapscallions, I know what you all must be thinking every time an episode is released of Easily Irritated. I'm sure you're all thinking, God, Mike is my favorite comedian. I love his stand-up. I love his podcast. I love Mike McCowan. I just wish I could have a podcast myself. I wish that people would want to listen to me talk. I wish, you know, I'm passionate about JoJo's Bizarre Adventures. Maybe I should start a podcast on that. But who's going to listen? And then I'm creating all this work, all this effort to just shout into the void? No, that doesn't sound fun. But here's where you're wrong, my friends. There's a magical little platform called Anchor. And it's everything you need or anything you want to create a podcast. It's completely free and there's creation tools to make it easy and fun for you to be able to do it literally anywhere. You can do it from your phone. You can do it from your computer. You can hold up your phone like you're talking to a friend and you're actually reporting a podcast. And the audio is amazing. This is what I used when I first started my podcast and it is a great app. It's a great platform and the best thing about it is you upload your podcast, send it away, and Anchor will upload it for you onto all the streaming platforms, onto Spotify, onto Applecasts, anywhere that you can listen to podcasts, you'll be able to hear your podcast. I'll be able to li- you can send me your podcast and I'll listen to it. Anyway, you're probably still thinking, I don't know, I'm a little on the edge here. I'm a little on the fence. Because even if I do create a podcast, who's going to listen? I'm never going to make money off the podcast. Not like you do. But see, this is where you're also wrong, my little wolf pups. With Anchor, you don't have to have a minimum listenership. You don't have to reach 500 people. You could reach one dude in South Carolina that lives in his mom's basement and he never wears pants. He only wears tidy whities all the time and his mom brings him oatmeal when he's hungry and corn dogs because who doesn't love corn dogs? It doesn't matter if that guy is your one and only fan because with Anchor, you don't have to have a minimum listenership. You could have one guy, two guys, 500 guys, 1,000 guys. It doesn't matter. You'll still make money off your podcast by reading ads much like I'm doing now. There's no minimum listenership. That's what's great about Anchor. It's everything you need literally in one place to make a podcast. Now, listen closely and I'll tell you how to do it, all right? It's super complicated. You might want to take some notes. Step one, open up your smartphone or iPhone. Go to the App Store and type in anchor.fm. Click the download button and get your podcast started. It's that easy. All right, now enjoy the show. All right, now we're live. This is turning up the levels. Oh, okay. Is your mic on? Yeah. I'm sitting here with comedian and director Travis Clark. Hello, hello, everybody. Thank you, thank you. Yes, indeed. And by the way, I'm not going to pick up a mic without turning it on. I like how you had to hold yours. (laughs) I'm used to holding it, though. I mean, it's long, black, 
cylindrical. It's okay. Well, mine's connected to the cord. <laughs> so, like, yours is wireless. Therefore, I feel like I would fidget with mine. <laughs> See, he laughs because he knows that it's true. It is. It is. It's, uh, it's valid. It's definitely like valid. i the table as I talk, too. <laughs> so, so here's... How was, how was life? How was your day? My day was interesting. Um, it was different than I expected. I'll say that. How's that? Well, I definitely expected to talk to a few more people than I did today, but... You're breaking my shit, Travis. That was definitely you. You dropped my vape pen. You that was definitely you. But I probably moved the table, but you should have caught it. You're in the military. I never played but athlete. My mic's wireless, so I could go get it. <laughs> well, I did play an athlete once. <laughs> <laughs> but here's, I mean, here's the thing. Look, I, you know, I intended on having a big old movie watching party, eating some popcorn, maybe some chips, drinking some soda. I brought popcorn. Yeah, brought popcorn. Uh, watching The Great Gatsby. Um, Good movie. Not the Leonardo one. Just sorry. I, Leo's is a great actor in his own right, but um, nah, I'll put it on someone else then. The, the script was horrid. It was a bad movie. It really was. It wasn't period correct, that's for sure. None of the hair or makeup was. No, nothing was. Now, Robert Redford, the script was very close to what the actual novel was. Dude, every time I... I was fucking... A director I worked with, and I don't want, want to say his name, but I mentioned to you off there what his name was. <laughs> and, uh, that zombie movie he did, he said that Robert Redford was like sponsoring and shit like that. So now every time someone says Robert Redford, I think of that son of a bitch. <laughs> well, my apologies for that, but you can't take it from the great Robert Redford for that. That's true. I, I would mean, make love to that man. The man's amazing. Can but he's. Oh, I got mine. Uh, but yeah. I, I will say I, I couldn't make love to that man. He's not my man crush. He's not. And he's just too old for me. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> You're here with the, the other actor? Uh, the um, Jacob. Jacob, yeah. Yeah. And he was saying his spirit animal was a mountain goat. He goes, what's your spirit animal? And I had to think about it. And first, I thought polar bear. And I thought, nope, that's too non-feeling, Michael. Let's go to your second spirit animal, which is a black bear in a blueberry field. Like rolling around in mud and shit. Because I saw that in real life, but it was amazing. But why? I was supposed to be in school, but whatever. You, you know <laughs> what your spirit animal is. It should have been an instant answer. An alpha Talk. chihuahua. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean. That's because I have a toxic chihuahua at home. I gave her a valid, bath today. Valid. She's so fluffy. I used human conditioner on her, but dog shampoo. <laughs> <laughs> Because she needs to be soft and cuddled. So you know what you need to do then? Um, honestly, yes. you need to go get the the uh, um, hair and mane, I think it's called, shampoo yeah. and conditioner. Um, it's great. It was originally used for horses and shit. Yeah, that's what they use it for now. It was originally used on horses and yeah, stuff, it but it's horses. amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, so I expected a big viewing party. That didn't happen. But that's fine, because now I'm doing a podcast, and I'm fine with that. Right? We were planning to do it anyway. Yeah. So this just makes it <laughs> earlier and more convenient. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, hey, it is what it is. I mean, the day is young. Dude, it doesn't feel like 100 out. Oh, no, it's cooling down a lot. It is definitely My cooling down a lot. My phone said before I started the podcast that it was like 100. Oh, we're, we're, we're on the front porch, too. You know, I mean, we are in, in the, the shade. shade. I guess. And the breeze is nice. We're in Arizona for you uh, 
non-binary, multinational uh, peoples. See, he says Arizona, and he doesn't say that correctly. We're in Phoenix, Arizona. We're not in the which white trash part. Is where when the devil goes on vacation, mm-hmm. this is where he avoids because he has to make sure his room has AC. Otherwise, oh, they are very familiar with the devil. <laughs> Aren't they, Warren? <laughs> indeed, indeed. <laughs> but no, it, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's been hot as hell lately, but it is cooling off, which is nice. You know, there's a breeze. We've had a little bit of rain, and by little bit, I mean four days out of a year. But uh, That's a yeah. lot. It, it, Dude, when it rains in Arizona, people don't come out. <clears throat> people don't know how to drive in the rain here. Dude, comedy shows in the rain are fucking dead. Huh. Yeah, I can bet. Like off the cuff and stuff like that, nobody would come out. They'd be like, "What is this acid falling <laughs> from the sky?" Well, I mean, think about. It. And you know what? To the be honest, floods, the <laughs> the only reason they have flash floods is because there's no. They can't soak in. No, that's not it. There's no freaking drains anywhere. Drive around this city. There's no damn drains. Yeah, but like, we don't have normal ground. It's like clay here. Yeah, but where's the water gonna go if it, there's nowhere for it to drain? It's just gonna puddle. That's true. But then again, it only rains four times a year. And even when it rains, the sun is still sitting there like that stage in Super Mario Brothers 3 where it's trying to kill you. Yeah. You know, World 3, yeah. when the sun is trying to kill you. That's that's Phoenix. Yeah. It, every day of life. Like, if I have to walk to the grocery store or the liquor store or something, just walk outside to get the mail. I have to look out and make sure the, he ain't looking so I can run before he hits me. Sun is no joke. It's oppressive. Dude, I was... uh probably talk about this too much but i was uh talk i was listening to the burt cast and he had just a read on and she was an ex-meth head so, and she has like holes burned in her eye from staring at the sun because she was convinced that the world was a video game and that nothing was real okay um Is that- <laughs> okay now okay here's the thing uh if you are listening out there, which I don't know, you might be. You'll know who I'm talking Maybe about. Maybe you're on meth. Um, <laughs> well, you were at this time, so you'll know who I'm talking about. <laughs> when, when I was about 14 or 15, I grew up in a pretty bad neighborhood at the time. All right, um, it was down on the south side of San Diego. It was uh, in an area of Chula Vista, known as the River Bottom. Okay, so I had numerous friends who would partake in that specific thing. Me, myself, no thank you. But I did have a few friends who uh, would partake in the meth every now and then. Now, there was one day where we were outside. It was like 7 o'clock at night. And my boy was so convinced that there were shadow people. Now, I've heard about them. I mean it. I I'm not saying. No, listen. I'm, I'm not saying he's saying I see people in the shadows. No, he is saying very specifically I see shadow people. Mm. No, I see shadow people <laughs> at the old spaghetti. Well, factory. that's haunted. That's different. I know. But these are the bushes. The these bushes aren't haunted. I planted them myself. <laughs> no one's died in the bushes, and I promise you, you I did not. A lot of things, Travis. Okay, but I promise you, I, I did you not bury those. anyone underneath that one. I saw you plant those jelly beans, and they turned into lollipops. You still haven't explained that trick. Either way. Me and your kids are wondering. Now, we have some questions, all right? 
<laughs> I've had a lot of dreams about that, and it just doesn't make sense with all the science and religion I was taught. Believe in Easter magic. But... At least until you're like 13. But now here's the thing. My soul children know that's how Jesus arose from the golden turkey and created 4th of July. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. I, I'm glad you didn't say, you know, Valentine's Day because we all know that was strictly you can created call them by. wolf pups too. Some oh. of them are wolf pups. Oh, okay. Some of them are chihuahuas, but they can all be. Oh, okay. Because I, but as I was saying, we all know very specifically that, you know, um, Valentine's Day was created by Hallmark. Nobody else. That are very lonely women. Well, it was. It wouldn't be lonely it's men. Really, it's really that men are the ones who have to I spend the money. I was with him because of uh, the Saint Valentine. Oh. I was like, why is why is this holiday representation of this man? Like he's a badass. Don't get me wrong, but it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> Most of the holidays don't. I mean, Saint Christopher was not this friendly individual you hear about. You know, Saint Christopher was a warrior at times, but. Is that what you hear? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> but, I mean, a lot of our history like that is, it's not made up. It's just Are people. Are you talking about the people who worship Santa Claus? Sure. Um, <laughs> the people who pray to the green god. Um, but, no. Let's I learned be... about Anunnaki the other day. Well, that's a, that's a nice one. But let's be honest. I mean, a lot of these things, you know, they come from a different religion in history that have just been used for other reasons. I mean, it is what it is. All these holidays have been around for hundreds, if not thousands of years. Christmas has been around long, long, long. And I know I'm going to offend a lot of Christians out there. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. Um, well, they know it's magic. Jesus wasn't born on Christmas. No, Even I if you believe that. in Jesus, he wasn't born on Christmas. I know that. Uh, Christmas is actually January, the cell. Right? No, uh, it it would have either been April or around September, October. He was born during the tax season, mm -hmm. which was which was done at that time during which is done at harvest, and those are the harvest, the end of spring, end of fall. You know, fall yeah. uh, beginning of fall. So um, it would have been during those times. Plus, if you think just realistically, it says he was. Uh, swathed in light cloth. You know what I mean? And I live in a desert. It's hot right now. But if I tried to go out into the middle of this damn thing in December in a robe, I would freeze to death. It gets 30 degrees real quick out here. Yeah, that's true. And that's without any buildup, so imagine how quick it got there. Yeah. Now, we all know, well, I hopefully we all know, majority of the places that take place in the Old Testament are now modern-day Iraq, places like this. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Babylon. Babylon is modern-day Iraq. Mm -hmm. And for those of you listening who don't know, uh, Travis was a uh, uh, former military sniper, right? I was in the U.S. Army. U.S. Army. So, Iraq, you know... Um, these places are all still here. You know, it's not like anything's changed. Just the name. Mm -hmm. The same thing has happened to the holidays. Yeah. Christmas was never the celebration of the birth of Christ. Yeah. Because it's not when it happened. However, that, does, that is what it means now. Now, here's the thing. If that's how you celebrate it, more power to you. By all means. Because you know what? I let my kids celebrate it that way. Because... That's what they want, and like that's what they want to believe. Of a pedophile. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Of course, 
But that's what, that's what they want. It's, it makes them happy. They enjoy it. And that's what's important. But if you think I'm going to sit there and say I believe Jesus was born on the 25th of December, Maybe no. Maybe it was a gift of Santa Claus. I'm sorry. I'm not stupid. You know, I understand basic fact. And, you know, even for my Christians out there, the Bible says very plainly that there were other gods and other people. It mentions, it mentions them by name. It mentions Tammuz. It mentions Baal. It, it even tells you in Jeremiah 11 not to celebrate Christmas. Dude, you're the one who told me about Arians today. I learned that for the first time. I didn't know they didn't, weren't allowed to be Christians. Well, it's, again, it's not, it's a very specific thing, and please don't quote me. I may get the exact branches of people wrong in this statement. And the statement. reason he gets it wrong is because he's not an Aryan and he's not a racist. Very much so. <laughs> um, so I may get this you. wrong, but um, one of the racist white groups that runs around in prison, which would be like Aryan Brotherhood skinheads, um, I'm not going to specify which because I don't want to get it incorrect, and I don't even want to offend them. I have no, I have no desire to defend anybody, and I've met some of them, and some of them were actually decent people. So, here's the thing. One of those groups, and I believe it's the skinheads, yes. cannot be Christians, because it is completely opposed to what they are stand for. Yeah. You know, Christianity is the belief in equality of all man, all manner, and things of the sort. And plus, if you're Christian, you believe in Jesus. Now, Jesus was not white. However, Jesus was not black either. Jesus was Middle Eastern. Yeah. So, I mean, you Northern couldn't, Empire. you obviously couldn't worship a Middle Eastern person. That would yeah. be completely against what you're doing. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, so, they believe in a paganism version, which is Thor, Odin, things of the sort. And uh, uh, I'm not sure of the exact name of it, so I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to try to say the name of it, but they believe in Odin of the sort. And they don't, and now, not all of those people are skinheads, though. Anyone can believe in that religion. Yeah. It's just you can't be a Christian if you're a skinhead. But then if you think about it, how could you? Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. How could you? How would it make sense? You know, I mean... Oh, yeah. Honestly. <laughs> I just... Uh, I, I mean, like, in like all reality, how would being a skin, being a skinhead and being a Christian, how would you relative those two things? You couldn't yeah. do it. You would have to keep one of the two hidden from everybody. Yeah. Like, one side could never know about the other. You would have to wear, like, a bald cap when you went to your rallies. And so when you got back, you'd have long hair and shit. You'd have to get, like, fake temporary lightning bolts and shit. Like, yeah. it, it, you couldn't do it. Because you couldn't show up to that shit with church unless you were reformed. Yeah. Because that's, no, you're going to drive out other people who are there for the right reasons. Yeah. So, no, you couldn't. <clears throat> now, at the same time, hell, there's people that believe the earth is flat. So people can believe whatever oh, yeah, the that, fuck they okay, want. So that was my question that I thought about yesterday that I wanted to ask you as a sniper. How stupid do you think the flat earth theory people do? Right. For anyone who has ever shot a rifle over 300 meters, okay, sniper or not. You shoot them over two miles. Look, shit, I, right? I don't care what you are, but I want to knock this down so everyone understands. If you, a hunter, okay, if you are shooting at a distance of 500 meters or greater, we will say, you have to then start taking 
not only wind velocity, things of the things of that nature into account. Yeah. You know, wind direction, weight of the bullet, movement of the target, uh, all of that. Yeah. You also then have to start taking into account as you get greater in distance the curvature of the Earth. Yeah. Now, my question is. If the Earth is flat, how in the hell could anyone on this planet take into account the curvature of the Earth to make a shot and still make a successful shot? Because the there's been people who've made shots far greater than any of I have ever made. Okay. Explain the mountains. Maybe it's just flat. Maybe it's just mountains. Okay, listen. <laughs> Here's the thing. <laughs> I'm trying to be the devil's advocate of just nonsense. Right. Here's the thing. Let's... let's <laughs> Now, because I've flown an airplane more than once, so like obviously, unless everything you see is CGI, which in that point, the government's already got you, man, and it's too late for you. True. At that <laughs> point, you need a foil hat. But um, I mean, let's be honest. All right, flat Earth. I knew guy that makes no sense. I mean, even okay, most people believe that the reason Spain funded. Christopher Columbus's expedition yeah. was to prove that the Earth was round. Mm -hmm. That is not true. That is inaccurate. Majority of the majority of the you know main people that were main civilizations so they already thought it was round. had already believed the world was round prior to Columbus sailing. <laughs> that had nothing to do with the it. The first one is the first flat Earther. No, no, the reason Columbus didn't know that was just something that was misrepresented throughout history. Oh. The reason he did it was to try to find a quicker path to the Indias. Oh, that it was portrayed. That was why he did so it. It was just blasphemy then. It, it had no. It had nothing to do with flatter. No one mentioned it. Oh. It wasn't even brought up in the discussion because it was pointless. I was taught that in school. Uh, I know you were. I mean, although we were taught up a lot of fucked up things, and then as you're homeschooled and online schooled, and you like read the internet. I don't. The internet didn't exist when we were kids. That's why. That's the problem. No, no, it didn't. I mean, you were you taught. To go to think about it. You were taught. Read books. You were taught Christopher Columbus discovered America. That is one of the most in. I mean, we had parades that we would march in and sing our little flutes in school, our recorders, whatever yeah. they called them. The the flute saints come marching in. You're I'm and I think back to how ironic this is. Yeah, I'm marching down the street, playing the saints come marching in in celebration of a man who is responsible for damn near the extermination of a whole culture of people. <laughs> Not well, just that. Um, he wasn't even the first one to land here. Cortez, too, right? That's how the Cortez wasn't the first one. Or is that like, well, no, here's okay. the thing. Cortez wasn't the first one. Yeah. All right. Columbus, by far, wasn't the first one. And Columbus never even landed in North fucking America. Let's get that straight. Columbus landed in South America. Cortez, he saw both. More power to you. However, before either one of them... Landed on this continent, or either, yeah. Eric the Red landed here. But before that, of course, there was already people here. You can't discover something where there's already people. That how? I mean, the very nature of discovery. Did Leif Erikson discover America? No, it was a. Uh, like the East Europeans discovering it. I think I may have said the name. I may have said the wrong Viking. <laughs> it was either Eric the Red or Leif Erikson. But I, I believe it was Eric the Red 
Well, either way, they might have been on the same fleet. There's tons of ships. Very true. But I know either way, it was one of those two men who yeah. was the one who documented as the first one to land here. Yeah. All right. But again, before that, we've, you know, as far as I know from anything I've learned, people walked here across the Bering Strait. Yeah. Didn't we all originate in Africa, technically? Theoretically, scientifically, I don't know. There's um new like there's new different places and got well trailer. yes and no. There's new evidence that states uh, that like, may like, not be entirely true. Uh, I feel like now it is like basically panels. the cradle of civilization. Okay. Mm-hmm. However, Pangaea before the continent split apart. Yeah, because there's not just not a lot of sun and stuff in, like, Europe. No, but let's be real. Uh, yeah, Pangea. Back then, back then, all the world would they be were all one. differently. Yeah. Yes, everything would be different. So yeah, if, I by chance, there were people in Pangea, mm-hmm. then it would be almost impossible for us to identify where the cradle of civilization actually was because it no longer exists. Yeah. Now... There's also been some old remains found recently, um, like as old as the Lucy from Africa. So, or I believe her name was Lucy. The ones they found in the one they found in Africa, the first human. Lucy. I think that was what they called her. Oh. Um, but uh, there's some more remains that were found recently. Yeah. That were said to date back almost the same, but they were from a completely different person. Oh, you're good. Oh. Um, Imagine what we must look like to the outside world. <laughs> You're like, damn, he's important. Good thing I don't care. Uh, <laughs> but no, um, you know, if it was really way back then, yeah. then there's no way for us to ever tell. Yeah. But if it's after they split apart and we have Africa, we have Europe, we have Asia, we have, you know, yeah. all these, we have the seven continents, then one of, one of, I don't, I the new one that's found may be as old as, or it's, it's at least close because new argument was brought up. But I know one of them was found in Africa. Mm. The other one was found, I believe, in the Middle East, yeah. which is not far. And if you want to lean more towards a biblical perceptive, you would lean more towards the Middle East yeah. because that is where most of the Old Testament took place. Yeah. Um, so... You know, I mean, it it varies. I mean, humans date back, but now you talk is what they found the original species of man. Is it the original, you know, is it the missing link? Is it what would link us to whatever separates us from, you know, what is it, 3% DNA we're missing from chimpanzees? Like we're different by 3% or some shit? Or as the weed guy tells me, we're split DNA with the Yanagi. That's possible, too. Because <laughs> I asked what that strain was, and he's like, let me tell you, sir. And I was like, well, I thought this was going to be 30 minutes because there's no wait. But, yeah, I'm here for a four-hour conspiracy theory. Sure. This is some four hours. It's like an hour and a half. But still, that's way longer than I expected. Yeah, I know. Sometimes those waits are ridiculous. Well, it wasn't the wait. It was the explanation of a uh, Nerubu or whatever the fuck that was. <laughs> See, I, and I will say, you, you're tagging on my wheelhouse, though, because I do love history. Um, I love history. In, in, every, in every fashion, whether it's mythological or factual. That's why um, I, the, I told you about the 
the Dan Cummins uh, uh, Time Suck podcast. Yeah. Dude, I fucking love the way he goes through things. And you'd love the murder ones, too. Like the Jack the Ripper and shit. Because it's so, like, researched. And you know he does it in different segments and stuff. And you can tell that he is kind of, like, reading from things if you've seen his stand-up. But, like... It's really good. Like it's educational. I was like, "Yeah, I'll never read a book again, Dan." <laughs> when I when, uh, a while ago, I don't remember. It was a number of years ago. I got a hold of a book. Yeah. All right, and it was. I I can't call it my favorite book because I love a lot of books. I like reading, but it was probably the most enlightening book yeah. I may have read outside of you know the Bible, Quran, Art of War, things like that. Yeah. It was called. Bad assitude throughout history. <laughs> all right. And it was a chronological order of badasses throughout history. Yeah. And it told you about them, who they were, what they did. A lot of these people were known. And now they're just going badasses. Good, bad, didn't matter. Yeah. You got you got Vlad Tepest, you got Ramses, you got all these people are in here. All right. Yeah. Good and bad. But this book. It sent me on a research quest that lasted like seven years because I have steadily looked up every person who was in this book. It, well, you know, just to see, and it was all true. Everything yeah. that was put in the book, it was, you know, it was a factual book, but everything they said in it would be done in, like if it was said in our times. Yeah. Um, so there'd be little excerpts, like they did a story about the 300, of course. Yeah. You have to do a story, if you're talking about badasses, about the 300. I mean, come on. Spartans are probably the most badass of all badasses of all badass time. They're Spartans. I want someone to do, like, uh, like, a, like a historical podcast on, like, the War of the Roses or the Celts. I was obsessed with the Gauls and the Celts when I was little. And, like, that's why I love, like, Celtic knot work and stuff and, like, tribal tattoos and things like that. I'm not like your sniper tattoo, too, because it's a warrior tattoo. Yeah. I'm not going to go in. I won't go into his story right now (laughs) because his story kind of slides opposite direction. But in in that Celtic thing, you should look up a guy named Man, Man, Man. Man, Man, Man. Yes. I know it sounds hilarious, but, yes, Man three times. Man, Man, Man. I'm (laughs) Almost positive that it's been a long time since I read that book on Celtic mythology. Yeah, but I'm almost positive the name was Man Man Man. Yeah, it was he, he was cool, he was cool as hell. He was like a mix of Achilles and Hercules and uh, um, Samson. Yeah, and like there was only one way to kill him it was with a spear in the side that was tipped in bronze when the new sun was at noon and he made the mistake of sleeping with the chick who told it to the warrior that she was actually like it's a really good story but then he resurrects like Jesus and you know, there's a flood I love the balls on them the fact that they're just balls out literally naked with nothing but a shield and a giant like spike from it and then giant broadsword that they just cleave off people's heads oh they kept it old school Cool. I yeah. mean, think about it. Can you picture? Now, don't get me wrong. Yeah. We all love watching the Olympics. Yeah. At one point or another, everyone has a sport they will sit down and watch, even just out of irony. I will sit and watch that um, where they throw the thing and they. That's what I do too. I was trying to think of that. I, I can't remember the name, but they push the thing across the ice and they sweep in front of it really fast, like they're trying to get a stain out. Yeah. Yeah. I'll watch that. Uh, Curling. Curling, yeah. I'll watch that because it's funny to me. I'll watch that stoned. Yeah. Now, <laughs> do do I find it as athletes? No. 
No, I'm sorry. No. Well, I think just like I, I, no, I dude. I think it's like pool though. I've respected like pool though, where I feel now, like it's mathematics for sure. Yes. Now, do I respect the the thought behind what they're doing? Yeah. Oh hell yeah! These oh, motherfuckers are on hours. the fly making like 3,500 calculations. Um, sweep too much. Wait. Sweep. Wait. <laughs> sweep. Sweep three inches, Becky. <laughs> and they're doing it quick moving down yeah. that ice too and i can't move down that ice i period like watching like archery too though yes but that's because i'm an archer I, that's i haven't gotten to hunting though, though but i was really interested now in now picture this I, i'm a huge pro wrestling fan like okay really i'm a huge pro wrestling fan yeah i will always say they're athletes i'm sorry they are they may not be you know play a professional sport like you would think yeah but the things they do in that ring are very athletic. They are athletes. All right. Well, here's the thing. One of them is Kurt Angle. Hmm. Kurt Angle is an Olympic gold medalist. So you mean to tell me this man is not an athlete, but yet he's an Olympic gold medalist in wrestling. You got Ronda Rousey, another Olympic medalist in judo, also now a pro wrestler. You got yeah. Brock Lesnar, played for the Minnesota Vikings. And former UFC heavyweight champion, about to fight for the UFC heavyweight championship again. He's not an athlete. These people are athletes. Yes. They just are. And if the WWE is listening, Travis Clark is in the running. I mean, is an open agent if you would like to make him maybe a host, maybe a maybe a shot caller. Uh, I don't know what you call it with when they come up with the masks and you come up and you slap Stephen Amell in the face and you say, Lay down! You could I, be that guy. I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to slap someone famous like that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I might feel bad for slapping Stephen Amell like that, though. I, hey, I really like Arrow. But no, I, I will say Arrow, but I will that's say this. why I would slap the fuck out of him. <laughs> but not to get too off track. Well, I, I might slap the shit out of one of the, his other teammates, but I'm cool with Arrow. Uh, slap the shit out of Felicity <laughs> in a naughty way. Definitely. Um, but no, the thing is, um, now, Kurt Angle won an Olympic gold medalist, as he likes to say, with a broken freaking neck. Yeah. Great. I bet you that I, ne I didn't get to see it, but I bet you it was fucking entertaining as hell to watch. However, if the Olympics were still done like they were done originally in yeah. old Greece, like the Celts fought and everything, but naked, I'm good. I do not need to go to see two huge 240-pound oiled-up men wrestling naked. <laughs> I'm okay. What is, why do you not have clothes on throwing a discus? Yeah. That is a specific event. You should definitely be wearing something yeah. beneath you. This is a discus. You're spinning. All right? I mean, if you're gifted down there, yeah. it's going to throw you off balance. And I mean, you gotta like you gotta have an advantage if you're. You, that's the one place a, a dude with a small penis would have an advantage. Oh my god, I don't know. Na this naked discus. Um, have you ever seen um, rope? Like you've seen. Ro you're a fan of RoboCop, right? The original. Oh, of course. All right, so there's a uh, European fan-made version of RoboCop, and it's scene by scene accurate. It's like uh, it's the whole length, but all you need to see is the dick exploding scene of when they're like trying. You you can search for it. It's really easy to find if you search uh, RoboCop fan made. Uh, it's really well done, dick explosive, and so and I'll show you. I'll show you before we leave after we're done. But uh, it's like re like they cast the real penises, and I've. I've too had to purchase a special effects penis at a special effects shop because 
I just, it was short notice and I didn't have like uh, my own cast and they needed it also like monster size. So it's like, I didn't know you at the time. So it's, you know, it's whatever. <laughs> eh, next time I'll be your model. <laughs> but um, <laughs> this is like Leica. I'm going to instruct you what to do. <laughs> Yes, yes, it's like one of those pop up no, build a bear. Do it Here's watch. the thing it's like one of those pop up build a bear workshops <laughs> where you know the one they just recently did with pay your age, except you cannot bring your kids to this one. Dude, that was a weird conversation to a special effects shop, too, as a department head. You just call, I was just called them and I was like, hey, do you have any like uh, silicone penises? And he was like, yeah, what size? And I was like, the size you got like what's your he was like i got like a micro penis down to like a monster cock and i was like how big's the monster cock and he was like 12 inches and girthy and he's like that's the description and i was like all right well how much is one of those and he goes painted or unpainted and i was like painted and he goes how big the testicles you want and i was like oh my god and the pizza guy gets there to my apartment like and this is in la like right there and i'm like still having this conversation and he can hear me through the door and he's just like i can tell he wants to know what i'm talking about i'm just like yeah i'll buy it for 40 dollars actually i think it was 50 painted but either way 50 dollars for a huge dick it's a good price that was you walked into the weird end of that conversation. You, my wife just walked in on the wrong end of that conversation. Like, a, you can have a mic. <laughs> that, that's what we said. Um, <laughs> but no, we. Um, that is that. Yeah, the pizza guy. He just came at the wrong time. There's stuff you could do about that. I mean, I'm technically doing a podcast. I know it looks weird. <laughs> but did I ever t speak of fake dicks? Um, did I ever tell you my dad's penis and my dad's uh, dildo story? I have a black dildo story about my dad too. That's well, why we're sympathetic. Well, this one's not black though. Well, at least none of them were. Mine was. This my one dad's was black plastic and filled with sand. My my dad's involved about four hundred of them, of various you shapes win. and sizes. I found my Okay, so um, for I, those I, of you who have ever been to San, San Diego, yeah. there's a neighborhood known as Coronado. Mm. Beautiful neighborhood. Oh, I've been there. I'm Rich the neighborhood, okay? I have a Navy friend. I have a Navy friend. If Alex is listening, I love you, Alex, and I'm not sure about your baby. I haven't met him or her. But non-binary? I don't know. I don't give a shit. I'll drop well, it. What? <laughs> well, while I was young... I only um, love... Travis and Lakos kids. I can't make room for extra love in my life. They know it. I have love issues. It's something I deal with constantly, but whatever. That's why I have favorites, but it's fucked up, but whatever. It's the life I live with. You soul children understand me, so whatever. This is a cult, Travis. I don't know if you knew this. Well, it's okay. It's okay. The only difference is their cult leader is alive for now. True. I'll do suicide by Travis someday. That's the life I've chosen. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have to wait a while then, because I, know I don't I intend on ever dying. I intend on finding finding immortality somewhere. I need to be better friends with Lego, so I can be like, when it when the time's right, and be like, listen, what buttons do I push? <laughs> <laughs> and so, I crossed my legs just now. So <laughs> I wish this was video. <laughs> So, uh, my, da for the things, Travis. my dad, uh, God rest his soul, um, cheated on my mom with this woman who was living in Coronado. We were, we're, I'm from San Diego. And so, um, the way my mom found out about it is my dad had taken me with him one time. 
And you just stole your lighter back. That's all you did. I really did. That was originally mine. But my dad had taken me with me one time. I was like four years old. And my mom asked him if she slept with if he slept with her. Yeah. He said no. I spoke up at four years old, said yes he did, Mama. And that's how he got caught. But so he you know, my mom broke up with him, of course. Uh, he ended up staying with this girl for a little while. Hmm. Found out she cheated on him almost a whole And so he followed me in there, sit down on their little bed, and they said, Let, talk to us, buddy. Why? What's wrong? I was like, nothing's wrong. I was like, well, something's wrong. You want to switch raises? You want to switch to the kinfolk? Yeah, because they're fucking awesome, and they're talented musicians. They're a good company. They know how to play chess. They're not in their cell doing drugs all day. I like companionship. I like camaraderie. You guys offer none of that. Have I ever sat at the white table? No. I go into Alaska's bedroom. And I sit on his bed and eat with him because he accepts me. You guys accept no one but yourselves. So, um, that's what I'm thinking, you know? Good talk. After I left, Alaska talked to him for a little bit. Said uh, said th some things on my behalf, got the lowdown, came back out and goes, yeah, you're not switching races. Because you have to be jumped out of your race, which is essentially all, all the white dudes beat the shit out of you in the bathroom. That's when all, all the black people, the kinfolk, said, listen, no one touches Bundy. Bundy is our little baby white child. And he wants to be a part of us, our community. So if anybody touches him while we're in this pod, we're going to essentially start a race war and beat the shit out of all of you. And uh, ended up not switching. Last minute, I was said, hey, I'm fine with uh, remaining a white, you know, if Alaska becomes the leader. And they go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why him? Because he's nice to me. He said right from the beginning, hey, if anybody messes with you, I will beat them to death. And I like loyalty, you know? Call me borderline. But call me a borderline personality. But personally, I liked it. I like being protected. I like having... People around me are going to protect me. Still regrets not switching the kinfolk. You know, if I, I don't ever find myself wanting to ever be back in that place. But uh, if I ever do, kinfolk it is. There's just it's more of a community, camaraderie. I like it. I like feeling appreciated for my talents. I'm an artist. You know, I like to sing, I like to do comedy. I did a comedy show for commissary items in there from the bathroom. Eight for, eight for three weeks. Well, two weeks. Eight for two weeks free. Didn't have to put money on my books. Because of comedy. Turns out 
People want to be entertained in jail. You have a tiny little TV with three channels, AMC, Cartoon Network, and what could be Fox. You don't know. It's too fuzzy. Then uh, something I didn't expect happened. Made one guy head torpedo of the whites. What's a torpedo? Well, a torpedo is essentially your jail enforcer. He's the guy that you say, hey, take that guy into the bathroom, give him a hot one. 30 seconds to the body of body shots. And not the cool kind of body shots, the, the ouch kind of body shots. The kind that leave bruises and feel like you're being punched in the stomach because that's what it is. And then they look around the room with the kid with glasses. 162 pounds at six foot three, skinny, blow away in the wind type of guy. And they said, hey, funny man, do you know how to fight? I said, I do know how to fight. He goes, all right, your second torpedo. Anybody else? And then this guy points at this other dude, clearly a meth head, bald, looks like he was priming himself up for prison to join the Aryan race. Join the skinheads. I guess they're different, too. Aryans, skinheads, apparently different. Probably same, similar ideals. You know, I don't know. I've never been to prison. Don't plan on going. And uh, they say, how about you? Do you know how to fight? He goes, I do know how to fight. And I've got a body built by meth. Which I thought was... Uh, the stupidest and also the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. That you are proud of that body built by meth. That was the white people's enforcers. What a sad group of losers we were. And then thank the heavens, that Sunday after, the day after, all that shit went down on a Saturday. There's nothing better to do, I guess. No cartoons on the television. On the TV, they said, I hear on the, on the radio, on the little intercom thing from the guards, 39, 34, what, 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 what bed number, 39, bed four, you're, uh, you're moving on to the next step, congrats. It was like, sweet titties and tequila. Bitches, I'm out of here. See you guys later. I transferred. They transferred me to the women's jail because that's where work furlough is, is out of. And uh, that is a different experience all on its own. Uh, you get to be in your own clothes, which is cool. You're only a part-time inmate because you get to be out in the world working. But uh, if you do things like run your own business or if you do comedy... Maybe maybe you're a musician. You do any kind of weird job. You know, being an actor, things like that. Not billable hours. Not consistent enough for them. Because you pay to be in a work furlough. For me, my other job is I work for a real estate company. It's a marketer. And uh, you get $16 an hour. They take that out. You're like, all right, well, we're going to add a few bucks. We're going to charge you $18 a day. 
every month I have to give half of my soul to be able to be partially free for 12 hours. And then I have to go back to jail, which is, you know, it's not, it's not Durango. It's not bad. You could be in your own clothes. You get five outfits, you know, rotate them how you choose. Three pairs of shoes. You get shower shoes because you don't want foot fungus or anything. There's gross people in there. You get dress shoes for work and um, tennis shoes for like, you know, working out and running back and forth in the small ass little backyard, which is a godsend because from not being able to be outside forever, you get 24 hour, 24 seven access to essentially like a little dog run of a backyard. And that's where the phones are, are all outside. So it's nice to be outside and the elements appreciate the sunset. You have an overlook of what used to be tent city. And you have a new found appreciation for, for the little things that you took for granted. Also see Sheriff Joe in a different light. And you think in the hot days, you're like, what a dick. To have to have a tent on concrete in the middle of the desert. Surrounded by barbed wire fences with a, with a circle the circles and the barbed wire, like you see on TV, in the movies. It's like that. But, you know, little outside is better than no outside at all. And I didn't feel particularly hilarious in jail. But then I come to work furlough, I'm allowed to be out 12 hours a day. I'm allowed to take a lunch. It's nice, to say the least. There's a lot of funny characters in, in work furlough. Work furlough itself is essentially a warehouse filled with bunk beds. 200 bunk beds, three high. Yeah, three bunk beds stacked up on top of each other. And it, it always reminds me of a Costco. So I'm on top, the third bunk, I can see over all the rest of it. And they're, they're just aisles, aisles upon aisles of bunk beds. It's like indoor camping. And yeah, indoor camping, that's the best description of it. There's a little day room, but it, you know, there's no walls. It's just like carpet and like plastic couches, like rubbery plastic couches. But they got two big TVs. My bunk faces one of the TVs, so it's nice. It's almost like you're in your own living room, but on a really thin, shitty mattress. I'm up against an American flag. And the guards, a lot nicer. You treat them with respect, they treat you with respect. It goes good. There's some, you know, strange characters. They're for, you know, work release is mostly DUI. And then, uh... You get the work furlough people, and their hours are not given to them by the court, like work release. The judge says for work release people, he goes, here's your hours. You're allowed out this time during this time. But you can do whatever you want when you're on work release. You don't have to be at work. You can go to Barnes Noble. You can see a movie. You can do whatever you want. Freedom. Sweet freedom. 
for 12 to 16 hours. But if you have any form of DUI, and that includes a medical marijuana charge for driving with a medical marijuana card, well, then you get 12 hours in, 12 hours out. That includes drive time, and you don't get to do fun shit. You just get to go to work for that time and then go right back to jail and essentially sleep there. Lucky for me, I miss dinner time, so I don't have to eat the slop. And uh, that's not the name the inmates have for the dinner, all right? That's what the jail calls dinner. And it essentially looks like a uh, pedigree bag. And on that pedigree bag, it says, not recommended for human consumption. So it inspires a shit ton of confidence. It's all based off a vegan diet. So that slop, it might look like meat and beans. It's not. It's soy. And I don't want to know what's in there because I've eaten it. And uh, even the rice, the rice, the beans, the vegetables, they give you broccoli, but just the stems. Not, not the good part of the broccoli like the tops, just the stems. I don't know how they cook food without any flavor. I've eaten regular broccoli before, and I've eaten rice, non-flavored. It still tastes like rice. The jail rice, it doesn't taste like anything. It has no flavor. I don't know if they have a special recipe to cook the flavor out of it, but it does not have any flavor. So you have to make what's like jailhouse spreads, which is you take the breakfast bag from the morning, the plastic bag, and you, you get commissary, which is your store every week. You can uh, fill in a little yellow sheet, send it in every Friday and Saturday, then you get your bags of items. They're not grocery store items, though. They're anything that you could pretty much get at a gas station. You get a bag of chili with beans. You can get tuna packets. You get chicken packets. You know, pretzels. You don't get to pick the flavor. It's just whatever they decide to give you for 75 cents a piece. Tuna, $3. If you want a bowl of cereal in the morning for, with your milk, that's $1.50, and it's a tiny little shitty bowl of cereal. What do you do about a spoon? Well, you got to keep it from the dinner from the night before. Because you can't bring in spoons and you don't have dish soap. So you kind of, you have to, you have to throw cleanliness right out the window. You just keep it, rinse it a little bit and use it. Rinse it a little bit, reuse it. You can, but in work furlough, it's nice because you don't have to make the jail spreads. But a jail spread, essentially, you get some chili, right? You, you can make it different ways. You get some queso cheese. You squeeze that in there. You order some tortillas, sort of tortillas. What do you use for a plate? Well, you use their shitty paperwork. Use tank orders. Use commissary sheets. Whatever kind of paper you have in there, that's your plate. And uh, you mix all that shit, crush some pretzels up, Get some, get some uh, spicy Cheetos, you know, whatever. Put some flake corn nuts, crush them up in there, 
and uh, popcorn, you know, you crush it all up, mix it all up so it looks gross and brown and chunky. And then you pop a hole in that little bag and you spread it on this burrito until it looks like someone just took a dump, right? Just a, a nutty, creamy dump. Just a shit log right on this burrito. And it's a lot better than the slop. So you eat it. But in work furlough, it's a lot nicer. You can eat in the world. You can eat at regular restaurants. You can eat regular food. And I come back after dinner's been served, so I don't even have to deal with that bullshit. But, yeah. Yeah. Now, before we finish this thing up, Let's take a small ad break for Anchor. Sorry to take a little break. I know we just had an ad, but I really do need to tell you. I need to further instill my point. You know, we live in a time of some craziness, all right? There's some riots going on. There's a COVID-19 virus going on. There's all this talk about defunding the police department, I'm sure you want to give your opinions out there. Shout them out there. You know, get some following behind you. You know, up the morale a little bit in society in America. God knows we could all have a little content that would let us, you know, escape from all the awfulness in the world. Surely this podcast doesn't do it for you. So create your own. All right. When I was first trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. One being, am I going to have to upload my podcast to each platform individually? To Spotify, to Apple, to everywhere? Because that's, that's going to be super annoying and I don't want to do that. Well, that's when I heard about Anchor. It's a one-stop, all you need to create a podcast. They upload, you upload it onto Anchor. Oh, here's my little podcast. I'm talking about riots and what flavor ice cream I like. I send it into Anchor. They upload it and they distribute it for me on Spotify, Apple, everywhere. You can listen to a podcast you will hear about Easily Irritated. It is that awesome. But here's another question I had. Will I ever make money? Like, Let's say I do develop a fan following. Will I make money? Will I be able to apply for sponsors? But here's what I didn't know is you don't even have to have a minimum listenership with Anchor. No. You can make money from your podcast right away. I don't, I wouldn't expect a lot of money, but you know, two cents from every listener, that adds up, you know? So, the answer to every one of these questions is simple. Anchor, all right? Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with the great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcasts. Why have advertisers, oh, this is for hymns. If you're uh, losing your hair, and your dick doesn't work, come here and use my code word. 
they're not going to match you up with randos like that, okay? They know your podcast. Advertisers advertisers know your demographic, all right? They know the message you're trying to get out, and they will match sponsors to you, to the content that you offer. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. Now, all you have to do, it's it's not complicated at all. First of all, open up the App Store on your smartphone or your iPhone, right? Type in anchor.fm. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M slash start. And... Uh, You'll get started, you'll make your podcast, you'll make money. Maybe you might even become Rogan legendary. The Joe Rogan experience might even fail to comparison of how massive your show is, mans, dudes, whoa, mans. Join the revolution of podcasting. Now, back to the show. And we're back. Thank you for your patience in that small little ad break. But a comedian's got to make some amount of change while they're going through this this thing, you know? Anyways, you really do learn who your friends are when you're going through something like this. It turns out I knew a lot of people. Worked with a lot of comics. I'm relatively light. But, uh, now no, I have three non-related, like they're not my family. You know, my family very is very supportive. They also agree. They're like, yeah, you know what? Uh, you got to learn from it some way. Where you screwed a little bit. Uh, time will tell, you know, personal opinions aside. I've got about three friends, two of them married to each other. The other one is a comic, and he's a cool dude. He's got my back. For that, I'm eternally grateful. Because uh, if he ever needs help bearing a body, hypothetically, a hypothetical body, I'll be there. No questions asked. I'll bring a shovel, maybe a blowtorch. I don't know what he needs. I just want to come prepared, you know? I want to be a prepared friend. But, uh, but yeah, you, you know who your friends are. You know who has your back in situations like that, which is, uh, it's a good thing to know, you know, just general rule of thumb. You're like, oh, shit hits the fan. I know you and you and you will be there for me. Fuck everybody else. You selfish dicks. Anyway, I was, uh, putting off doing a podcast Trying to feel out the rules of work furlough, things like that. And uh, also, I was a little nervous talking so openly about it, you know. But my friends were telling me, other inmates were telling me, why not? Why not do it? You can't bring your cell phone in with you in jail when you, when you have to return every night. So it's out of sight, out of mind. Talk about it, leave. Come back. Maybe you have some more words, some more stories, some more jailhouse confessions. 
This is only jailhouse confession number one. We got about two and a half months left. All right? Three months, pretty much. Yeah, three months. Is, that, that, that's fair to say. Till October 14th. But at least I'm out before Halloween. And that's the only holiday that really matters to me, in my opinion. Halloween, you know, Thanksgiving, which I appreciate more. And Christmas. All the other holidays go fuck themselves. I was in there in jail because you're not allowed to leave for work furlough during any holidays. So the only holiday I really had to be in there for was uh, 4th of July. Maybe, maybe Labor Day eventually. And every Sunday. You, gotta, you can be out six days a week, 12 hours in, 12 hours out. Except for Sundays, you've got to have one day where you're just being punished. When you can't leave the jail, you're in there with all the other inmates going crazy, sleeping all day, working out all day, reading books, because that's all you can really do. You can watch a quiet TV that's not turned up loud enough for the amount of people that are in there talking and playing poker to hear anything. Thank God for subtitles and the ability to read fast, because that's all you got. But, you know, there's not bad people. My bunk mates, they got the bunk right below me. It's a cool cowboy guy. He's got cool cowboy boots, snakeskin boots. It's very quiet. Doesn't really talk a lot. Called him a cowboy once, and he smiled at me. Eventually, I built up a repertoire with him. Found out that he enjoys comedy. And uh, I had to ask, listen, listen, cow friend, cow, cowboy friend, country boy you, what brings you to this place, you know, what brings you to jail? And he told me, he lit his co-worker on fire. And I had a, I had a follow-up question for that. Why? Why? Why did you why did you let your light your coworker on fire? And he said, "Hey, man, he tr he tried to light me on fire first." And right there, right, that was the moment I wanted to give him a high five. I didn't. He said, "I don't want to condone shit like that." But yeah, if a dude tried to light me on fire, I, I would probably run. But that's just me. Fight or flight, I choose flight. But you know what? More power to you if your reaction is to uh, then try to light that person on fire before they light you on fire. I said, well, why do, why do you want to light you on fire? Because uh, he thought I owed him money and touched his tools and shit. All right, well, I think there's more background of that story. But um, just out of curiosity, did you use a lighter and, like, What'd you use as, like, how'd you ignite him? He said, brake fluid. Apparently, brake fluid, very flammable. Pretty flammable brake fluid is. He worked in a motor shop as a mechanic. Used brake fluid, sprayed it on this guy, lit him on fire with a blowtorch to the ground. That means he had time to not only douse him in brake fluid, and he was, our, he was doused himself in brake fluid. He grabbed a blowtorch, 
rearing to go, made a trail of brake break fluid, avoided his own fumes, and lit the other dude on fire with a blowtorch. That is a dangerous dude. While he's out on work furlough, not 100% sure. I don't know why the government thought, hey, you're only here because you lit a coworker on fire. We're going to send you on work furlough so you can light more coworkers on fire. His, uh, turns out, found out his, his, his lady, his, uh, old woman. He's not much older than me. I don't know why I made him sound like an old man. But his, his old lady, his, his wifey, his girlfriend, lady friend, I don't know what she is to him. Apparently they're from, from Prescott. She's a behavioral health coach, which I'm familiar with because my uh, best friend is a lead behavioral health coach. And you think if you're dating a behavioral health coach, she would pass down some of those coping skills to you so you didn't feel the need to light other people on fire. But that's just me. It's just my thinking, you know. And then the dude right Right beside me, also on the top bunk, and also didn't need to be there. Guilty of naivete, naivete, naivety. Being naive, a little too nice. He's an LDS kid, he's a stand up guy. And um, he just signed. He just signed something for his boss because his boss was out of town and his boss said, hey, you need to sign this for me or you're fired. And he said, don't worry, bossy boss. I got you. And he signed it for him and then his boss was up to no good shit. Up some shady, shady things in his business. And the SEC came to him or whoever's in charge of that shit said, hey, you're going to go away for 20 years if this is your signature. Because you're moving around funds. We don't like when people try to hide taxes and money from us. He said, no, 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 no. That's not my signature. That's my employee. 20 or so. Mid-20 kid. And uh, did six months of work furlough. He's almost out. He has a month left. And it made me feel like, oh, shit. He's also in here for a nonsensical charge. A charge that... I don't think he necessarily deserves, but he's here, nonetheless, with me. So at least there's one other normal person in there with me that I could have normal conversations about comic books, you know, about cars and things, life, comedy, movies, things that matter to me. You know, I don't, I don't play poker. I know how to play poker. I just... Not a fan of playing it in jail. Don't want to owe anybody items. Because if you have six bags of pretzels, you could get someone beat up. It's like currency there, which is ridiculous because pretzels are 75 cents each in commissary. Shouldn't hold that much power and weight. But they do. It's like flashing 100 in there. You got a honey bun? Dude, that's a Benjamin Franklin in your face. A honey bun, I don't even know what they call it that. It's just essentially a shitty cinnamon roll that you can get from the gas station. 
But that's like crack cocaine to them prisoners, to them jailbirds. You don't give anybody anything. You don't want to owe anybody anything. You just do you. Just look up for numero uno. There's no politics in in that place. Because people don't want to throw away their one opportunity to be a free man. To be, you know, themselves for 12 hours before returning back to a hellhole. You know, you don't have your phone. You have to leave a phone in your car. Me, can't drive. License revoked for a year. And this is why I start to think that it's mostly about money. Because uh, I don't drink. Never have. I don't drink alcohol. And yet, after my license is revoked for a year, after that year's over with, I gotta put an interlock, a uh, a breathalyzer interlock in my car, if I want to drive again. And uh, little known fact: breathalyzers they don't pick up marijuana. So. You're just paying $75 installation fee, $75 a month for maintenance on the thing that will never pick up anything besides if you eat a pizza, it'll pick up on the yeast, confuse it with beer, and your engine won't start. You can't eat in your car anymore. But if you do pot, you can essentially still drive high. I'm not saying I would do that because that is... Literally what I was accused of. Whether I agree with it or not is irrelevant. Because that's the hand I was dealt. I was a little nervous talking about it so openly. But as my best friend said, "Ah, you kind of got to live with that. This is a part of your story, Mike. And uh, if you honestly care about what people think, maybe you shouldn't do comedy at all. And I thought, touche, Austin, touche. So here I am, talking to you guys, all seven of you. You know, spread the word. Get some more listeners out of this experience. Spread it around. Share it with your friends. Share it with other people. You know, maybe you know a guy who's about to go to jail. I myself, I listen to tons of podcasts. I sought out podcasts they were talking about jail so I could learn a little bit before I had to experience it myself. Not a lot of people talking about it. You got Joey Diaz, you know, you got George Perez talking about it, being in jail. Not a lot of people. Dan Cummins a little bit. But nobody really talks about the politics. Maybe they're afraid of being a snitch. I don't know. I don't consider it snitching. I consider it being honest. You know? There's some stories that came out of there. When I was in general population, last couple days, last like a week or so, last week or so, I was in there. I was in jail. I got a new cellmate, also on the top bunk. He had a fluffy tuft on the top of his head. It reminded me of the Muppet. uh, Is it Beaker? I don't know. Whatever Muppet that says, Meep. And uh, that quickly became his jailhouse nickname. It uh, he was twenty two. It caused he was in there for credit card f- fraud. Can't speak. And uh, he he was not a fan of his jailhouse nickname. That uh, 
that I started. No, he wasn't fond of it at all. And uh, I was making fun of him one day, and I said, yeah, man, you know what? You probably have the worst jail nickname I've ever heard in my life. It's hilarious, don't get me wrong, but it's Meep, and it's after a Muppet that is even a joke to the other Muppets. He's like, that, that is not my jail nickname. I was like, Are re really? You really think that? All right, so wait here. I go out into the day room where you can see me, walk up to some strange, random, random inmate. I said, hey, have you seen Meep? Do you know where Meep is? I need to talk to him. He goes, yeah, he should be in a cell. Is, is he sleeping? Meep. And he pops out of his pops out his head. And he looks at me. I look at him. I walk back in my cell. Yeah, you like I said, you got the worst jail nickname in the world. And uh, to cope with this, to like, you know, toughen up his reputation, he thought it was a good idea to get a jail tattoo. Get a stick and poke tattoo. How they do tattoos in jail. You get pencils so you can write on forms and stuff like that. Or write in notebooks. It's another thing. There's not a lot of literary geniuses. Not a lot of writers in jail. Because every time I wrote things down in my notebook, whether for jokes or just my general thoughts and feelings during this process, people constantly ask me what I was writing. Like they had never seen anybody jot down words on a piece of paper. Just because. And uh, they take... So to make a tattoo in jail, you get the pencil shavings. You shave that little graphite off the pencil until you have a good, good little pile. And then you take some shampoo or soap and you put put it in there with a little bit of water and it makes this like paste this graphite lead paste and then you take another pencil that you have a sharpened staple all straightened out half jutting out of the pencil and then you just get to work you keep going white chocolate the the white ken folk there he was really good at it. He was really good at the stick and poke. He had clean work. That was his jailhouse hustle. That's how he made items. He wasn't a comedian. He didn't know jokes. He didn't know entertainment. But he did a great tattoo. Did I get any jailhouse tattoos? No, because I don't consider myself a degenerate. I did. I joked around about it before I had this experience. But I realized I'm very vanilla in comparison to the rest of the people I was in there with. And uh, he, uh, he got 666 tattooed on his, the inside of his arm. Why? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not really sure. Maybe he wanted to be tough. Maybe he loved Satan. I'm not really sure. And then he was talking to me about wanting to get a good job when he was out of here because he worked at the Action, Action Pavilion setting up for concerts he's like i want a good job you know i want to have a wife i want to stop doing you know meth and drugs that's another thing a little side note learn that uh if you do heroin you know you have some effects that happen to you but 
it's not bad, you know? I mean, it's it's awful, it's horrible, but uh, it's not as bad as meth. You do meth one time, you lose all your teeth, right? You, your teeth are gone. Uh, if you're a woman, you lose your boobs too. If you have huge knockers, shrinking to nothing. One time doing meth. Don't do meth, kids. There's nothing but but toothless conversations and titless tit jobs that come out of that at the end of the day. And this kid me, he was talking to me about uh he's like, yeah, I wanna wanna, you know, g- good job, a good woman, all this shit. And it was nonsense because five minutes later, I walked by another cell, and there white chocolate is. Tattooing Meep's face with an upside-down cross where a teardrop should be. And uh, I said to him after, I said, What the fuck are you doing, man? I thought you wanted a good job after this. He goes, I have a job. Well, not after your boss sees Satan on your face. I don't think he's going to let you be around customers. It's not going to have Switchfoot come to the pavilion, to his stadium, who's a Christian rock band, when they see that you have Satan, Satan's symbol tattooed on your face, and then 666 on your forearm, right? It's not a good message. It's not a thing to promote about yourself. He wasn't bright, Meep. He was not a bright guy. Obviously, he was there. None of us were incredibly intelligent. Because we were in jail. Some of us still are. Whether it be part-time or not. And uh, I called him by his jailhouse nickname. His Meep. M-E-E-P. I assume that's how you spell it. And um, said, Meep, what were you thinking? He goes, hey, don't call me that anymore. I'm not Meep. I'm Jesse. I was like, is that why you got a tattoo on your face? Because you wanted to be tough? Dude, you're not tough at all. I'm not saying that as an insult. I don't consider myself particularly tough. But uh, you getting a tattoo on your face doesn't make you tough. It makes you stupid. And uh, he goes, yeah, you know what? I might give myself a bunch of tattoos. I traded some items. For the tattoo pencil and some paste. And I might give myself a few, you know, tattoos myself. Try it out. He goes and pokes his skin one time. He goes, ooh, ooh, ooh. Never mind a thing. Oh, it just hurts so bad. Yeah, man, you're not tough at all. You're a pansy. It's not something to be ashamed of. Know thyself. People knew me. You know, I was messy. I ate. I had food all over myself. After that, Alaska would flip up his mattress. Because he knew me. Because we were, we were bros. I, I felt loved in that moment. I was, <gasps> Look who knows Mike McCowan. You know that I eat. And I'm a mess of a person. And I get food all over myself. You didn't want that on your bed. And I love that you just accepted it and found a solution for that problem. 
by way of flipping up your mattress. Yeah, Meep was funny. He's a he's a good dude. I hope I never see him again. You know, Meep, if you're listening to this podcast, no, I don't want to ever see you again. Not because I think you're a you're a bad guy or that I didn't like you. I thought you were okay. But I didn't like you as much as I liked Alaska, who uh, actually has my podcast name. You know, maybe one day it could become pen pals with him. Send you letters, you know, from my, my house and my freedom while you're in jail. Maybe become Facebook friends with you. Who knows? Who knows? Well, when I left, right before I left, I didn't say see you later to the white people. No, I could give a shit about them. But I said goodbye to every single one of the Ken folk. And they were sad to see me go. Black guy with crutches. He was diabetic. He had diabetes. He was on crutches. And I'd always see him in medical. So I'd take medication. And he'd give me his cookies. Because, you know, they're sugar. He can't eat them. Jailhouse cookies are called cream for fun. Ironic. Probably a little. It's called cream for fun, and yet prison rape is frowned upon. I kept trying to tell him, too. I was like, listen, are you telling me the gay guys in prison can't have gay sex because it's considered rape? He goes, yeah, and the other races don't deal with that shit. We'll beat them up. It's like, why is it so fucking racist and prejudiced in here? I don't get it think we'll all be bros. That's how the Spartans did it. They, they bonded by butt-fucking. Butt-fucking brought them closer together as a unit, as an army. And then they took over great empires. That's the, that's the underlying scenes that they don't show you in 300. They were butt-fucking before each battle. Brought them closer, made them stronger, made them brothers. Although I have not once thought that about my real brother, my actual blood, never once thought about butt-fucking him. But, you know, it's different times than the ancient Greece. Different times. This is 2019. Also, I mean, I don't get it. The government charges you for the medical marijuana card. $300 a year. It's, they call it medical marijuana, but at the same time, if a cop asks you if you have your medical marijuana card and you say yes, you are now giving them probable cause to search you. I don't get it. And if it, they really saw it as medication, wouldn't you be able to still do it in jail? You can do all your other medications, including methadone for meth addicts. Meth addicts coming off from meth can do methadone. You can be on painkillers. You can be on anything. But you can't be on medical marijuana. Therefore, aren't you kind of saying you don't believe it's medicine? I don't know. My probation officer tells me uh, even 
you know, when I'm out of jail, just on probation for two years, you know, monitored probation. I'm cool with having my medical marijuana card when I'm out of jail. I can smoke pot as much as I want. It's not like I have the ability to drive. But uh, if I let that card expire, then I get new charges. Because by me not a, be, by me not renewing my medical marijuana card, I am then saying, I don't need it. I don't need this medicine. And I'm just a drug addict. So then, I, then I'll accumulate more charges. I feel like that is just a way to make money. You know, we get money if you do it. We get money if you don't. Either way, you're paying for this new jail in Arizona. Paying for this new prison. And that is a dirty trick. But whatever. Can't say nothing about it. Even though I just did. And uh, now, in about three and a half hours, I'm going to be back there from uh, 8 o'clock to 8.45 in the morning on Monday, because I have to be in there all Sunday. Hopefully, it's a little better than last Sunday, because last Sunday was the soccer championships. And there's just a bunch of uh, Mexican people saying, Oh, football! There's all of them all, all in there at once. It's just so loud, so noisy. Slept most of the day, though. Got earplugs. Got little sleeping iPads. Like the eye, eye, eye cozies. Block out the bright neon lights that you see in jail 24-7. I mean, at night, at least they, they tone it down a little bit shut off most of the lights so it's relatively dark but you still hear the sound from the tvs and people talking bullshit and playing poker all night long and people coming in and out because they work at all times of the night and and uh, that's just the way it is i'm only bummed at the thought of losing my only normal compadre my only normal friend in work furlough, he uh, he rolls out in about uh, in August. At the end of August, he's out of here. And my luck being, I'm probably going to get some weirdo without a lot of cleanliness and smelly feet beside me. Probably one that farts. Get some universal karma backup in this bitch. It's another thing. Be clean if you're with 200 roommates. Nobody appreciates you being gross. Brush your damn teeth. Clean your damn feet. Shower once a day. Those aren't hard rules to live by. You know, you don't have to make your bed every day. But why wouldn't you? Makes you feel like a person. Makes you feel like a human. But you do you, I guess. There is a guy. He's uh, in there for a second DUI and he's on work release. It's like, whoa, you're in here for regular booze? You're in here for regular alcohol for the second time and you get work release and an ankle monitor bracelet with you just have to be at home? 
confined to your house for 130 days. I have to be here for 130 days. And I'm not allowed to go home. I'm allowed to go to work and come back. I can't see my adorable little dog, Cassie. My other dog, Sport, my Australian cattle dog. No. I get to be here at work all day. Except for lunches, which I use to, uh, you know, fuel myself and uh, be full, you know. Don't have to eat the slop. I do these podcasts during my lunch break, so whatevs, it's my time. I don't have a car, so I don't drive anywhere, but just uh, here on a Saturday. Nobody is here in the office, so I was like, you know what? Let's do a podcast, bitches. Let's make this happen. Let's get it out while it's fresh. So this is only number one of the jailhouse confessions. The rest of them, not going to be talking a lot about general population. Be mostly talking about work furlough. Because there's a lot of interesting characters in work furlough. It's like, a, it's like sitting up on that top bunk, looking down at the rest of the people. It is truly like watching a sitcom, like a jail house version of The Office or of that Nickelodeon show, Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide. Yeah, they should have one of those for, like, surviving and work furlough. Rule number one, don't piss in the shitter, don't shit in the pisser. Rule number two, shower once a day. Nobody wants to smell your B.O. Just be a person. Take care of yourself. Brush your damn teeth. Rule number three, you know, don't call anybody a punk. Don't call anybody a bitch. Don't call anybody a pussy. Because those three words will get your ass thrown in the banyo for a personal on your ass. And no one wants that. I myself don't like conflict. I don't like to fight. I just like to be left alone to read, work out. I don't like to be I don't like people looking at me when I'm working out because I'm weak. I'm small. I'm tall, but I'm small. I'm a small tall tall. Small tall man. But for the first time in my life, I have I have pectorals. My chest shuts out a little bit. And that's not a negative, my friends. That is not a negative. It's not a negative when you hug your mom. And when I was, you know, before jail, I'd hug my mom. And uh, I'd give her, you know, I'd hit her in the face because I have skinny elbows. She, she'd try to hug me. And she hit her, hit her face or her eye on my bony-ass shoulders. My shoulder, my bony shoulders. But now I got some padding in there. I got some muscle tone so it's nice builds up your confidence a little bit you know cruise around tinder a different light bumble a different light by women but you can't get into too in-depth conversations because at some point they're going to want to go on a date and i don't want to get then to that explanation but like listen i am not a criminal full-time i I'm only a part-time inmate. I don't think saying inmate, even with the 
hashtag part-time is a is a seller for the ladies you know but anyway this episode's gone on long enough and uh I'll see you guys next week for another episode of Easily Irritated in the next three months, Jailhouse Confessions. This is Jailhouse Confession number one, but it's episode five of Easily Irritated. Because I got to tell you, being in jail, a lot of people that I am easily irritated by. A lot of things that I'm easily irritated by. Just in general, it is a place of easy irritation in jail, part-time or not. And if you're going through something like this and you find yourself going to general population, going to jail, going to work furlough, work release, whatevs, you know, maybe this helps you out a little bit. Maybe it gives you some insight and you don't go in blind like I did, right? You don't go in looking and smelling like fresh meat. Instead, you go in, you conduct your race interviews, and you get the fuck out of there. You go in there with a strong, sturdy head up high. Say, hey, bitches, I'm kinfolk. Regardless of what your race is, know that that's the best one. Uh, if you want to be the biggest, baddest warrior on the yard, maybe Chicano is the right one for you. If you find yourself only being able to understand Spanish, then go Paisa. And if you feel like you're a selfish prick of a person and possibly a drug addict and, you know, white, then join the woods. Don't. You could be a black guy. You could be a nerdy black guy. If you want to be part of that racist bunch, you, you go ahead. I'll stick with the kinfolk. There's another thing, jail. You don't get pillows. My friend was so blown away by that. It's like, were you able to bring your own pillow into work furlough? What? Pillows? You don't get pillows in jail. You're allowed two towels, man. And for those two towels, I recommend a regular towel that dries you well. Easy to carry around yeah, And then the other towel, make sure it's fluffy as shit. Make sure it's fluffy, make sure it's soft, make sure it's giant. Because you could use it for a pillow or an extra blanket. Because they have thin-ass jail blankets and don't offer a lot of warmth. Also, don't go barefoot in those showers. You're going to get yourself athlete's foot or a staph infection. And you don't want none of that shit. There's a lot of gross people up in there. And uh, hopefully by the end of the three months in October, when I'm uh, done with all this stuff, if it helps somebody that's going to go into jail, maybe you want to know what jail's like. Hopefully it helps you. Hopefully, hopefully you get something out of this. Because at least if one of you gets something out of this, and maybe, maybe it'd be all be worth it. You know, things happen for a reason. And if you believe things happen for a reason, you can't just believe that when something good happens to you. 
can't be like, oh shit, I got a new promotion at work. I nailed that audition and I got a part of that show. Things happen for a reason. But when you get a parking ticket or you get your ass thrown into jail, you're like, shit, I just have bad luck. No, things happen for a reason. It's the universe of God or whoever trying to teach you something, trying to teach you some kind of lesson. And you could either, you know, make the best out of a situation, try to learn something, try to self-reflect. Because, you know, at the end of the day, whether I believe I'm guilty of the charges or not, I made decisions that led me up to that point and to be profiled by those cops. My car was messy. Trash everywhere. I had a broken taillight. I was wearing a Flash t-shirt. I'm a a 29-year-old adult man. I dressed like a 10-year-old. My friend now makes fun of me because I wear a sports coat to work. But you know what? I don't get profiled anymore. Cops drive by me and say, look at that stand-up young man. Look at that clean-cut individual. 